Hey ladies, welcome to the Losing Fat on Plants podcast. So happy to have you join me. My name is Jennifer and I'm a certified fat loss nutrition coach. I created this podcast for the menopausal woman who's maintaining a fully or partly plant-based diet, but is still struggling like I once did to lose fat because of cycling sugar binges. Menopausal weight gain is for real, and it's more than just calories in, calories out. Hormones, stress, and lifestyle are factors that can affect our appetite and complicate how we feel and behave around food, especially during our midlife. Come on, sister, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If your appetite has increased, you're craving foods high in sugar, and you can't stop overeating, then you're in the right place. Lady friend, don't spend precious time feeling miserable about how you look and your weight. Instead, join me each week as I share evidence-based strategies to help you manage your sweet tooth on a plant-based diet while keeping it real. You don't have to give up your favorite desserts. Let me show you how you can enjoy sweets guilt-free while on your journey towards losing fat on plants. Hope to see you there. Take care. Hello, ladies. Welcome to another episode of Losing Fat on Plants. I'm Jennifer, and I will be hosting today's episode number 12, What is a Regulated Eating Window and How Does It Help with Fat Loss? I mentioned several times in the last episode about 30 ways meal prepping can help you on your fat loss journey, that meal prepping can help with fat loss by improving your relationship with food, by keeping you on an eating schedule that will not only naturally reduce the number of calories that you consume, but it will help you to learn your hunger cues and to respect them. In today's episode, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the concept of an eating schedule and what it means within the context of losing fat and how you can use it as a tool to lose fat faster and maintain your happy weight. Now, many of you may not know what I mean by a regulated eating window. What I call a regulated eating window is mainly referred to in diet culture as restricted eating, or in other words, intermittent fasting. I try to steer away from the term restricted eating, not because I don't believe in or support fasting. Actually, on the contrary, I'm a huge and convicted fan. But I know that it often gets a bad rap because many people feel it might cause more damage than good, particularly those that are not really in the know about it and question whether or not it even really works. The fear that many people have is that it can result in disordered eating, causing them to have basically an unhealthy relationship with food. 
And this certainly can be true for some people. Even those who fast and benefit from it know that intermittent fasting is not for everyone. Whether you're pregnant, have anorexia, diabetes, or any other medical condition, it may not be safe for you to abstain from eating the whole day or any given time during the day, depending on the type of medication you take or your overall blood sugar levels, restricting food in general might be harmful for your health under those circumstances. Only those who are generally healthy or who have received clearance from their doctor should even consider this method of regulating food intake. But if you have the green light, a regulated eating window is a game changer for real. Having a regulated eating window sets up a much healthier relationship with food than eating without one. When you eat as much as you want, whenever you want, you're more likely to gain fat and you may never learn when you're truly hungry versus when your appetite is triggered. Often we're driven to overeat because of stress or the smell of good food, mindless snacking in front of the TV or sugar cravings. But when you obey your eating schedule, you rely on your body's hunger cycle, basically, to alert you when it's time to eat rather than relying on misleading cues like the smell of food or, um, yeah, walking, um, in the mall and you smell a Cinnabon or, um, your friends are gathering for, for drinks and there are hors d'oeuvres there and you're triggered to, to eat even when you're not hungry. But despite the benefits of fasting, It's primarily scoffed at because it requires that you set boundaries and no one really wants to restrict or deny themselves. Food is one of the most basic human needs. And the idea of limiting or reducing or keeping food away altogether is scary for most of us. We already start to think of the failure we experienced in the past with restriction diets you know, you would keep certain food groups away, like carbs or whatever, and you plummeted right away into a binge after the first sight or smell of something really yummy. But restriction diets are quite different than fasting because you remove certain foods in the restriction diets that are basically considered the culprit of weight gain, like like carbs, like I mentioned, and leaving out much needed foods can leave you hungry and unsatisfied. You have lower energy and you're moody, and it can ultimately drive you to overeat to overcompensate for the loss in nutrients that you're getting. So the idea of restriction is a trigger for some of us. That's why I focus mainly on the eating window itself and the digestion phase Um, 
rather than focusing on fasting or the avoidance of food, because it helps us to know that we're not just taking something away while we fast, but instead that we're adding food. We're concentrating on the joy of eating and what food we're eating and how long we can eat. You focus on adding something to your eating habits rather than taking something away. And many get worried that they'll lose out on all the good food they want to eat in a day. And they think that this loss of food will make them miserable. But I want to share with you today why having a regulated eating window will actually make you feel happier, more rejuvenated, liberated, and free, more in control of your eating, and it will help you burn more calories than you thought possible all while eating the foods that you love. So let's go over the five points that I'll be discussing. Number one, what is FIT and what does it have to do with a regulated eating window? Number two, how does regulating your eating window help you to lose fat? Number three, what other benefits does a regulated eating window have for your health besides fat loss? Number four, why is FIT beneficial for a menopausal woman with a sweet tooth? And number five, how do you get started with introducing an eating window on your fat loss journey? So ladies, go ahead and get your paper and pens. And if you're on a walk while you're listening, make a mental note to yourself to re-listen to this episode and jot down the important points later so that you can implement these key steps that I'm going to talk about into your fat loss program and already start making a difference in your results today. So let's get into it, ladies. The first point What is FIT and how does it relate to a regulated eating window? FIT or FIT is an acronym that stands for food intake timeline. This is actually a term that I've personally coined as the range of time that is set for any given regulated eating window. The regulated eating window itself is the time in which you schedule your meals For example, your regulated eating window is your eating cycle, the time during which you eat. So like four hours or six hours or eight hours, for example, a window of time that you designate for for eating. The FIT or FIT is the actual range of time that you set. So from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. or from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. It varies depending on the time that you personally set. It's the timeline that you set up that is the most optimal for your eating habits, your fat loss, and your digestion period. So generally, 
we eat on average three main meals a day. Some of us add snacks or desserts in between, but we typically plan around a breakfast, lunch, and dinner meal schedule. And in a typical household, meals are generally scheduled around a breakfast starting anywhere from 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock, lunch starting anywhere from 12 to 3 p.m., and a dinner usually starting between five and eight. There are, of course, outliers, but generally we are accustomed to this time schedule universally. And if we have dessert or snack after dinner, our last meal can be relatively late, depending on our appetite. If we eat all the way up until bedtime, like 10 or 11 p.m., then based on the typical breakfast eating schedule, starting at 7, 8, 9, or 10 a.m., we would have only 9 to 12 hours digestion time in between our last meal of the current day and our breakfast on the next day. And this segues into our second point, how a regulated eating window helps you lose fat. Any digestion period less than 12 hours does not generally allow your body to tap into your fat stores for energy based on the typical, I don't know, uh, 2000 or, or more calorie diet. Instead, your body is still burning through the carbohydrates or glucose that it can access quicker than fat, and all the energy that does not get burned before your next meal will be stored as fat. So with a regulated eating window, your first meal of the day should be at least 12 hours after your last meal from the previous day. At and above 12 hours, your body has the chance to burn through the glucose that has broken down during the digestion process. And once the glucose goes down, the insulin decreases as well. And then you start to burn body fat. You cannot burn body fat if insulin is high. So let's just quickly discuss what the relationship is between glucose and insulin so that we can understand why a decreased insulin level is important for losing fat. When we eat food, it breaks down to its simplest forms like glucose from carbs or amino acids from protein and fatty acids or glycerol from fats because the body's preferred form of energy is glucose since it can quickly absorb into the cells with the help of insulin, fatty acids are then generally stored in fat cells and are not used right away for energy. And amino acids that are not used for energy are stored as fat as well. So insulin is a hormone whose primary function is to regulate the blood sugar balance. It transports the glucose and amino acids to insulin-sensitive cells. It's not just secreted into the blood after meals. The pancreas always secretes low levels of insulin. However, after we eat 
and the blood sugar rises, insulin rises as well. And as blood sugar decreases, insulin decreases as well. So if insulin is continuously high, then cells will eventually ignore insulin and glucose will not be stored efficiently. The blood will be high in glucose and insulin, and this will result in high triglycerides, high levels of bad cholesterol, which is LDL, and low levels of good cholesterol, which is HDL. And the good cholesterol is actually known to help transport the bad cholesterol out of the cell. So high levels of inflammatory proteins are also um, found when there's high blood in or, or high glucose in the blood and high insulin in the blood, as well as high blood pressure. So the glucose, which cannot be used basically um, in the cells, you know, for, for energy will eventually be stored as fat, as I mentioned before. In fact, the imbalance of glucose in our blood is often the reason for, for waking the imbalance. So there are two main possibilities for this imbalance of blood in our sugar, just to keep it simple. You know, there are other factors that play a part, but I just want to focus on these two um, possibilities so that we can understand in a much simpler way the effect that this imbalance has on, on our body. So insulin resistance is the one possibility and hypoglycemia is the other. Insulin resistance, which is a chronic elevation of blood sugar levels, is very, very common. And hypoglycemia causes blood sugar fluctuations, you know, going up, sometimes high levels of blood sugar, and then sometimes very low levels of blood sugar. But both possibilities result in an increase in insulin. With insulin resistance, which is common, glucose is no longer capable of entering the cell effectively, and therefore it remains circulating in the blood. It stays in the blood. And this triggers insulin to increase in order to get the sugar into the cell. But because the cells no longer respond to the insulin, because they're resistant, the insulin remains high in the blood and causes even greater metabolic dysfunction. This is actually a cause for uh, you know, gaining fat. With hypoglycemia, there is a dysfunction of our adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are um, those two tissues that are on top of each kidney. And they're actually the sites for hormone production that's um, responsible for regulating our body's response to stress. So there are three different zones in the adrenals, which are responsible for creating these different types of hormones. One of which, you know, the, these chem, these uh, hormones are um, responsible for regulating various chemical processes in the body. Um, there, there are several of them, but the one that I want to concentrate is on is cortisol because we've heard of this often. Um, you know, cortisol being a stress hormone. It's responsible, though 
for regulating blood sugar balance. If your adrenals are overactive in response to acute stress, which means they produce too much cortisol, then your blood sugar will increase. If your adrenals are underactive, meaning they produce too little cortisol, then they won't be successful in liberating enough glucose from their stores to maintain the function of your brain or your organs and your cells. And this low blood sugar state is is referred to as the hypoglycemia. Yeah, so below the um, sugar, below the sugar level. So the symptoms are, you know, lightheadedness, shakiness, or irritability. The underactive or overactive adrenal glands is caused by mental or emotional stress, food sensitivities, blood sugar imbalances, infections, excessive exercise, Anything that your body perceives as stress can cause this underactive or overactive impact um, with the adrenal glands, or this, I shouldn't say impact, but reaction of the adrenal glands. The regulated uh, eating window supports blood sugar imbalances by improving insulin sensitivity. The less glucose there is circulating in the blood, the lower the level of insulin and the less likely it is for your cells to become resistant. The reverse, of course, is true as well. So the more blood sugar over time that's in your, well, I would say the more sugar you have in your blood or the higher blood sugar levels you have, the higher the insulin and the more likely your cells become more and more resistant beside the fact that you gain fat as insulin increases. So going back, when you're thinking of fit, you know, the FIT, the food intake timeline, you want to imagine an eating window anywhere from four to 12 hours which allows a digestion period of 12 to 20 hours. So at least 12 hours, but more, as I mentioned before, because this amount of digestion time or this, this, uh, you know, digestion period, it can uh, uh, significantly reduce the blood sugar levels by depleting your carbs and tapping into your fat stores. So you have to be at at least 12 hours before you can start to tap into those fat cells. Okay, so to the third point, the benefits that a regulated, regulated eating window has for your health I want to just talk a little bit about the fasting state itself. Okay. So, you know, this, this fasting cycle or this period of restriction or the non-eating cycle, however you want to refer to it is highly recommended, not just for fat loss, but for other very important health factors as well. A study on mice found that limiting the eating window to eight hours protected mice from obesity. It protected them from inflammation, from diabetes, and from liver disease. Even when they ate the same amount of calories as the comparator mice 
that ate whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. So stopping food intake for 16 consecutive hours, you know, 16 hours back to back can highly benefit your health by preventing obesity, which is a precursor for a number of chronic diseases. Other studies showed, aside from fat loss and lower insulin levels, that there are significant improvement in a number of different factors, increased growth hormone secretion, um, reduced risk of cancer, reduced inflammation, as I mentioned before, cognitive improvement, and anti-aging effects. And this is important for us as, as menopausal women, you know, that we're reversing the, um, you know, the aging process, this will benefit us when we're able to push back, you know, the, the time a little bit as our muscles start to, um, deteriorate or deteriorate, you know, we really want to fight against those, um, you know, any damage to our cells or our, our cell tissues or to our muscle tissues so that we can thrive so that, you know, we have more longevity. Now let's just unpack each of those factors that I talked about, you know, to understand the benefits, particularly for you as a menopausal woman. So the human growth hormone, it helps to maintain and, and, and build and repair our tissue like muscles and, and bones, which are particularly important for menopausal women, because we typically begin to lose muscle mass, you know, at least three to 8% each year after the age of 30. And it's also important for normal brain function. When you have too little growth hormone, you'll suffer from high level of body fat around the waist. Um, this is typical around, around the midsection for menopausal women. You'll suffer from anxiety and depression. You'll also have um, a low libido, you know, your decreased sexual function and interest. You'll be fatigued. You'll have less muscle, less strength, less stamina, and a decreased ability to exercise without taking a rest. So like you're going running and you have to stop before you reach your destination because you're completely, um, you know, tired, um, exhausted, or you no longer are able to do a whole 20 minute cardio session. You know, you also will have a reduced bone density and, and changes in blood cholesterol. Therefore, with increased growth hormone, you'll be able to fight against loss of bone density of, of muscle tissue. And we know that muscle tissue is important for burning calories at rest when, when we're active and, and building or maintaining our muscles. And this growth hormone supports this process. Fat around the stomach and waist is common for menopausal women. This hormone helps to work against that. It also helps to increase our sexual libido and our energy and stamina. So we like this hormone. This hormone is good and we want a healthy amount of it. A longer digestion period 
increases the secretion of this hormone and it supports other biological processes that regulate important body and brain functions. Obesity increases your risk of certain types of cancer. Even breast and colorectal cancer are caused in part by obesity. The World Health Organization has now discovered that obesity actually contributes to 13 different types of cancer. So losing fat or maintaining a healthy weight will help you reduce your chances of contracting a number of chronic diseases, particularly cancer or cardiovascular diseases. And a regulated eating window with a long digestion period is one of the quickest and easiest ways to lose fat while combating cancer-causing factors and other chronic diseases. Because after a certain period within the digestion phase, the, the cells go through sort of like a waste removal process, and it's, it's called um, autophagy. And it's the body's way of cleaning out damaged cells in order to regenerate newer, healthier cells. And this puts us actually in a better position against cancer. We also have reduced inflammation with a regulated eating window. Um, but, you know, speaking from the side of a digestion period or a fasting cycle that is at least, um, you know, 12 hours, but I, I, you know, it really starts to be very effective at 16 hours. Um, we have this reduced inflammation, but let me just give my personal experience with inflammation. If you listen to my first episode, I talked about the inflammation of my skin, which came about due to the food that I was eating. I'm very sensitive to inflammation, not only on my skin, but I, I notice it in, in my joints as well. If I've had too much sugar, bread, or alcohol, I will not only notice swelling in my face and bloating in my stomach, but I notice soreness in my joints on the next day. It's as, a, as if I've had like a high intensity workout and I'm sore afterwards because my joints feel really stiff. This is one side effect of having too many inflammatory foods. You can literally feel as though you have arthritis, although you may not. However, inflammation or inflammatory foods can lead to chronic arthritis and other chronic diseases if they're not you know, re reduced um, over time in the body. So having a long digestion period allows your body to burn through the glucose from these foods and reduce the blood sugar level so that the impact of inflammation is reduced. If you've experienced increased soreness in your joints, a regulated eating window with a sufficient digestion period, as well as, you know, if you reduce animal fat, like dairy products, which are also known to be a cause for inflammation, this could significantly, significantly help you reduce inflammation. Another factor um, or benefit, I should say, from the extended digestion period or fasting cycle or restricted eating window um, is cognitive improvement. 
There are findings from animal studies that show that certain diseases like Parkinson's disease um, or having a, you know, a stroke or autism, um, you know, mood and anxiety disorders, all of these could benefit from a regulated eating window in their symptoms and their progress. One particular study done with 99 elderly subjects from Malay with mild cognitive impairment and no other illnesses demonstrated that those adults who practice regulated eating windows regularly had better cognitive scores than those who did not. That's enough reason to want to implement this tool into your fat loss program. The anti-aging effects begin at a cellular level. An increased digestion period allows cells to remove more waste that would normally cause cellular damage, like free radicals. You may have heard of free radicals, um, you know, the O2s. Also, your, your gene expression changes in such a way that your longevity increases. So by decreasing cellular damage and maintaining healthy DNA, the regulated eating window can help women lose menopausal fat, slow down aging, and increase their vitality. We were not designed to be a garbage disposal for all the food that we can possibly fit into our bodies in one day. Limiting the frequency of our our meals per day can significantly reduce the number of calories we consume and lower the impact that food can have on our hormones, which ultimately affects our metabolism and our physical and mental health. There was another study that was done to find out how many times a day people eat on average. People could record their meals actually on their phones you know, how many meals they eat per day. So as they ate, they would input, you know, that that they've eaten in their phone. And this would then tally up over the course of the day. And it was discovered that people were eating anywhere from six to 10 times a day. And, and I'm sure, you know, I've had um, cases where I've eaten much more than that within a day, depending on stress, um, you know, in the past or whatever issue before I became more conscious of, you know, my, my relationship with food, but this constant food intake, even if it's just, you know, a simple nut, you know, you're mindlessly snacking on little tiny things, it, it adds up and it does not give our bodies a break from the stress of food oxidation and allow the processes that take place on a cellular level to regulate our insulin optimally and use the caloric um, energy efficiently. A regulated eating window naturally decreases the frequency that you eat. It supports fat loss and it protects you from chronic diseases and premature aging. So to our fourth point, why a regulated eating window is a beneficial tool for menopausal women. It's simply because as you get further along with menopause, the more insulin resistant your body becomes. That's why I said it was common, ladies, because, you know, the older we get, the more resistant our cells become um, to, to, 
to insulin. So controlling your meals and the timing of your meals can improve your insulin levels and your overall metabolism tremendously. Many menopausal women think that their metabolism plateaus as they age and they can't do anything about it. And depending on your medical specialists or, you know, your, your doctors, you may be obtaining medical advice that supports this. And it's simply just not true. Even as a menopausal woman, you can leverage the regulated eating window to deplete the calories you've consumed and burn fat in your sleep. We're not in our 20s and our early 30s anymore. So trying to out-train poor eating habits no longer works as it used to. You know, when when we were younger, we could eat however we wanted to or not however, but, you know, we ate much differently than we did do now. You know, we, we ate maybe more carelessly, but it was no problem because we would bounce back. You know, we were, we were younger and our metabolism was, was much different than it is now as we age, but we still can control our nutrition in our menopausal stages. You know, we, we may not be able to eat as we could before, but we still can control how we we eat, how frequently we eat and when we eat, which can ultimately help us lose fat quicker and keep it off for good. So to my fifth and final point, how do you get started introducing a regulated eating window to your fat loss program? There are a number of different ways that people choose to fast. And and I'm sure you've heard of a number of them. I know that this is not not new. Um, you know, intermittent fasting is a very popular way or method of regulating or um, you know, losing fat. But I just want to touch upon the uh, you know, the popular ones or the main ones, and then sort of hone in on the method that I believe is the most beneficial for menopausal women and the one that I actually use myself. So, you know, the some of them are the um, uh, fasting um, methods, you know, the one is called five days and, um, or the five and two method, which is basically having, you know, five days of, um, you know, normal eating, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. And then two days of the, the, um, your week, they reduce the calorie intake to about 500 calories. And they may do an alternate day fast where they avoid food on every other day and on non-fasting days, they eat normal, whatever that looks like for them, right? But on those, on the fasting days, they abstain, you know, completely. They avoid food altogether. But some with that same method of the alternate day fast, they might simply reduce their calorie intake to 500 calories, just like the five, two method. 
The other method is doing a 24 hour fast. So people will avoid food completely one or two days during the week, right? So they'll eat like normal five or six days, whatever that looks like for them. And then for one or two days, they cut food completely out. You know, they don't eat anything. They're basically doing the classic method of fasting where they just have water. Um, and of course it, it varies. It varies with how people introduce um, uh, liquids, I would say, or, or fat, certain, you know, elements of food that will not impact their fast. And those are getting into maybe the intricate details, which I actually don't want to concentrate on right now. I just wanted to sort of give a broad idea of the different types of fasting, you know, so you, um, you eat normal for five days and you fast for two days, reducing your calorie intake to 500 calories, or maybe, um, you know, even lower, they may do an alternate day fast where they avoid food on um, one day and then they eat food on the other, um, or they do the 24 hour fast where people will avoid food completely on one or two days during the week. These types of eating fasting cycles um, can all be beneficial on, you know, a number of different levels. But for the average menopausal woman, who's looking to lose fat without completely turning her lifestyle upside down, creating a consistent eating window with a 12 to 20 hour closed window on a daily basis, I believe is the quickest and easiest and simplest way to reduce your calorie intake while at the same time significantly improving your metabolism your blood sugar levels, and protecting you from chronic diseases. So you're getting healthier as you increase your digestion period, right? Increase your um, your fasting cycle. It allows you to burn fat while reducing your insulin and detoxifying your body, basically. It's the one that I think is the most ideal for us as menopausal women, because like I said, it does not cause you to uproot your eating plan or eating schedule completely. Instead, there is a shift that is done, especially when you start in the beginning over time that gradually leads you to the fasting and non-fasting cycle that's the most comfortable for you. I think the other methods are good um, and beneficial for those that um, benefit from it, you know, that that, um, that can do them without too much um, stress for, for them. Um, but I believe for menopausal women, the method of the 12 to 20 hour closed window is the one that is the the least complicated, let's say, for our circumstances. So to integrate this tool into your fat loss program, you need to start 
slow and safely, right? That's something I will repeat, I will repeat, I repeat with ease and effortlessness, right? We don't want to go into this with an extreme um, way of, of handling it. You know, you, you, you want to be careful and, and nice and, um, and careful, you know, safe and gentle with your body so that you can feel comfortable with the changes or the transformation that you're making without drastic, um, you know, impacts or with a, with a drastic impact on your daily lifestyle. So you don't want to set a fit or a food intake timeline with a very small window in the beginning. If you're new and and you're not familiar with fasting, I would suggest to begin with the biggest window of 12 hours of eating time. So let's just say from you know, and I don't know if this is even normal for you. I don't know if I ever ate, you know, in these windows at all, even when I wasn't doing this type of um, regulated eating. But let's just say for the sake of uh, this example, that you may want to start with a window like 6am to 6pm, you know, a 12 hour eating window, where you're eating basically not differently from how you're eating now. Now, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. may not be close to what you're eating right now. You might be doing 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Or you might be doing 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. However, you know, you're, you're eating right now, whatever your eating habits are, you want to basically set it up um, within a 12 hour period so that you can, you know, get used to stopping with eating after your last meal at that last, um, time, you know, that like the, the cutoff time for your window that would give your body 12 hours to digest the food, which is still beneficial for lowering blood sugar and insulin. And once you're comfortable with this 12, 12 cycle, you know, 12 hours of eating and 12 hours of fasting. Now you may not be eating 12 hours straight through, you know, you're not constantly eating for 12 hours. The point is, is that within this timeline, you have the freedom to eat when you're hungry, right? So within that time frame of 12 hours, you're, you're able to eat, and then you have a 12 hour fasting cycle. And once you're comfortable with that, let's say after a week, I would decrease the eating window by one hour and increase the digestion cycle by one hour so that you have an 11 hour eating window and a 13 hour digestion phase. Um, you know, so that your eating window is getting smaller and your digestion period is getting bigger. And I would continue to reduce the the eating window by one hour and increase the digestion window by one hour until you reach your personal happy fit or your food 
intake timeline, which brings you results um, and 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 um, allows you to feel good and and doesn't make you feel like you're suffering, right? It's all about you and your own personal well well being, not what you know um, other women may be doing for them. Um, and what brings them the the results? You're just concentrating on your own needs and your own results. And fasting, I just want to put this out there. Fasting is not starvation. Fasting is a voluntary choice to protect your body basically from oxidative stress caused by overeating. Starving is the restriction of food, not by choice, but by lack of access. You're, you're not starving when you're having your digestion period. You can always decide to eat when you don't feel good and continue to avoid eating when you do. The point is to determine yourself by experimenting with your on and off eating cycles, which is the right fit for you to get the results you want and that are doable for you for life. For some, this may be a temporary solution for, for losing fat, but for best results and to maintain your happy weight, it's best to incorporate the regulated eating window into your lifestyle so that it really becomes a routine for you and, and remains consistent Um you know, through throughout your your weeks, throughout your months, throughout the day, throughout the year, with minimum effort. Okay, so let's just let's summarize then um, all of these points so that we can sort of reinforce the importance of each of them. So the first um, point again f- about fit. Um, you know, what it is and, and how it relates to regulated eating window, the FIT or the FIT is the food intake timeline. It defines the boundaries of your regulated eating window. Whether you choose to eat from 10 to 6 or from 12 to 4 or from 6 to 6 or 3 to 8, you're in control of your own eating cycle, both the number of hours you choose to have your eating window open, as well as the start and the stop time. So the beginning of the eating window and the end of the eating window. You have the freedom to modify your schedule in response to your results and your own well-being. If you feel good, then keep the window as it is. And and, and and the fit, you know, the, the actual start and stop time. If you don't, then change it. Number two, regulating your eating window helps you lose fat by reducing the number of calories you consume and increasing the digestion period, which lowers your blood sugar, causing your insulin to go down and forces your body to withdraw from your fat stores for energy. And number three, other health benefits of a regulated eating window besides losing fat are increased growth hormone secretion, reduced risk of cancer, reduced inflammation, which I, um, you know, explained to you how 
that can lead to other uh, uh, chronic diseases, cognitive improvement and anti-aging effects. Number four, fit is beneficial for a menopausal woman with a sweet tooth because as you get further along with menopause, remember the more insulin resistant your cells become. So controlling your meals and the timing of your meals can improve your insulin levels and your overall metabolism. And the last one, how you get started with introducing an eating window on your fat loss journey, begin with the biggest window of 12 hours of eating time. So from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., for example, so that you basically learn to stop snacking after your last meal during your normal weekly routine. Vacation and and, uh, special occasions are excluded, okay, for now. And once you're comfortable with a 12-12 cycle, you would then continue to reduce the the eating window by one hour and increase the digestion window by one hour until you reach your personal happy fit timeline. Maybe that's the eight hour eating window and 16 hour digestion window, or it's as low as a four hour eating window and a 20 hour digestion cycle. The longer the digestion cycle, the better the fat loss results and the health benefits improve tremendously. But, and this is a huge but, you only want to do whatever brings you personally the best results so that you look and feel your best in a way that is true and real for you. If you're suffering, then stop. You don't want to suffer. So now that we've gone into more detail about the various aspects of a regulated eating window, um, and how it helps you lose fat and what the benefits are for your health and how you can start with it. I want to speak to you about um, why you actually feel happier and more rejuvenated. Remember I said in the beginning that this is a, a method or a lifestyle that will allow you to actually feel more liberated and free and more in control of your eating than if you don't have one. And I just want to kind of talk about why. With a regulated eating window, you'll definitely feel happier when you start to experience the results much quicker than any other fat loss system you may have tried before. You can be at peace knowing that you have a, a tried and true system that can't harm you unless you restrict yourself to the point of discontent or suffering, right? Um, this is then not the ideal way to go about it. You 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 don't want to be uncomfortable um, to the point of suffering, right? There's going to be um, there's going to be discomfort in, in in the beginning, right? Everything that is new that you introduce at first is pushing you out of your comfort zone, but you don't want to be discontent. That's that's something altogether. It will most likely be uncomfortable in the beginning once your body resets and you start to learn what it feels like again to be hungry, right? Um, I think most of us um, are know about you know what what it's like to eat when when you're not hungry. You know that's why maybe a lot of you are listening in on this episode because you know that um, it may be typical for you to eat when your appetite is triggered, right? Out of reasons um, 
you know, various reasons, whether you have a sugar craving or you're stressed out, you know, you eat more than your body actually requires. So this will actually allow you to, to learn more about what it means to be hungry. You may feel anxious until you condition your body to accept the hunger, until you introduce food at the right time, you know, after it has had the chance to efficiently use all the food consumed during your last meal. This is a, it's a process. It's a, it's a process that you will need to go through and, and learn through and get used to. But once you start to reap the benefits physically, you'll be mentally on board and you'll totally feel happier from not only the results, but also from the fact that your body is adapting well and it's thriving. Your body will start to feel rejuvenated because it will naturally have more energy once the inflammation reduces and your cells remove that waste that damages it, you know, that keeps it from functioning optimally. And it will allow your organs and and tissues then to function better. You'll sleep better with less food in your body. You know, your, your body has less to break down during your resting phase. And you'll feel liberated and free because you'll have boundaries that you personally set that will protect you from self-sabotage. When you have a fit, <laughs> you, you don't need to think about what exercises you have to do to lose fat and how intense they have to be. And you don't have to cut out carbs or restrict certain foods to create that negative energy balance. You simply execute the fit plan and the digestion cycle works for you. It, it, it works for you. It takes the thinking out of the doing, and that's freedom at its best. And finally, you're going to feel more in control of your eating than you do without one because you know that you're eating when you're hungry and not out of having an appetite, right? And there's less risk of overeating within your fit timeline than if you didn't have one. When you don't have a fit plan, you have less of an overview of the frequency of your meals. When you, when you have no idea, you know, of your eating plan, you cast off restraint and you tend to eat more than what you intended. A fit plan gives you assurance that your eating is in alignment with healthy boundaries. When you obey your eating schedule, you rely on your body's hunger cues. They will alert you when it's time to eat rather than you relying on misleading external cues like the smell of food or, you know, being emotionally um, uncomfortable and wanting to self-medicate. Instead, you will concentrate on your body's true hunger, Um, you know, the growling of the stomach, the lightheadedness, maybe feeling a little bit weak. Um, All of these tell you that you're truly hungry and you'll start to learn about it and accept them and respect them with a regulated eating window. And that is one of the benefits 
of creating a fit for yourself that works for you, that gives you the results, brings you the, the, the results that, that you're looking for, that you want, and all while enjoying the food that you love, but by protecting you against chronic diseases and allowing you to detoxify your body and to thrive, to finally thrive in a way that is the most beneficial for you. So I'm coming to an end. I totally appreciate that you stayed this long. That was a long episode. I think I went um, maybe close to an hour. Didn't mean to go that long, but um, I wanted to, yeah, I had a lot to cover. Um, a lot of important points and a, a lot of um, concepts that I wanted to explain so that you can feel comfortable about the idea of a regulated eating window and and learn the benefits of it, you know, not be afraid of it. Now, of course, as I mentioned in the beginning, it may be something that is not for you. You know, from a health standpoint, you know, if you have a medical condition, then you most certainly need to discuss a regulated eating window with your healthcare practitioner. It does not make sense to um, start this type of fat loss program with you know, without consulting with an expert first, especially if you are unsure, you know, of how this can impact your health. So most definitely, you know, talk um, or consult with, with an expert if you're interested in it. But if you're healthy, you know, and um, you, you are maybe even familiar with fasting, you know, and you, and you have a green light, then like I said in the beginning, it's really a game changer. And I think one worth trying. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please leave a review to help share this podcast with many more women who can benefit from it. I look forward to sharing with you again um, in in the next week. You know, I, I don't quite know what um, we'll be covering, but I think I um, might want to touch upon um, chronobiology, where we'll look a little bit into where you actually place your meals. Um, you know, where you actually schedule them during the day and how that can impact um, your success at losing fat. So I think, you know, that's what I'm planning on discussing next week. So definitely stay tuned. I look forward to sharing um, with you again. And as always, stay, stay healthy, stay, stay blessed. And remember, if you have a sweet tooth and you're trying to lose fat, guilt-free, always, 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 always tastes and feels better. Take care.